everybody, and welcome to episode five of Episodes. Today's episode is from Jamie's perspective and is titled The Train Wreck Coming. So, in our last episode, which was episode one, Jamie was at brunch with Camille, Sabrina, and Sylvie waiting for a text from someone named Charles and wrestling with whether to reply to him. And then in episode two, which was Sylvie's episode, Sylvie meets her in the Starbucks parking lot where she breaks down and confesses to a text level cheating relationship with this Charles and she feels terrible about it, of course, because she is married. So that's where her storyline leaves off. And here we go. Episode five, Jamie, the train wreck cometh. A ping from my phone. Charles, what are you doing? Jamie, thinking of you, smiley face, what are you doing? Charles, what are you thinking about me? Jamie, giving my kids a test. Jamie, and I'm thinking how cool it is to reconnect with you after all this time, smiley face, what are you doing? Charles, that's not what you're thinking. Tell me what it is you're really thinking. Jamie, lol, I am silly, smiley face. And I'm not supposed to be on my phone during class at all, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. I can't help it though. I can't stop talking to him, via text that is. It started as a trickle three weeks ago. We text nonstop now. Charles, can I tell you something? And just like that, I'm wet, just at the anticipation of whatever he might say. I hadn't even wanted this phone. Tim gave it to me for my birthday last year. What's wrong with my old phone, I'd asked. This thing is so slippery. You'll see, he'd said. Now, I see. Oh my God, a wave of nausea, of pure panic washes over me. Oh my God, 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 I cannot do this, I can't. Beads of sweat prickle my forehead, my armpits, my stomach and I'd collapse if it weren't for the chair that happens to be supporting my weight right now. What am I doing? What the fuck am I doing? I don't use my phone in class ever. Tim knows to call the school if there's an emergency during my class times. Not that there ever is, but still. So no, Charles, you can't tell me anything. That's what I'm going to text him back because I can't do this. I can't. I absolutely, under no circumstances, cannot will not continue this because I'm a good person. I mean, I'm really a good person. I give money to the homeless people who have signs on highway exits sometimes. If a cashier gives me back too much change, I give it back. I don't like my mother, but I call her every Sunday, every Sunday without fail. And and I do love her. I just don't like her. Most of all though, I am married. I am married. I am married. I am married. Another ping from my phone. Charles, don't go ghost on me. And I am married to the most wonderful man on the planet. Is he the most intellectual? No. Is he the most driven? No. But does he keep our bills paid? Yes. Has he made it so that we now have a nest egg? Yes. Is he honest and caring and loyal? Yes. 
And I know where things like this lead. I watch television. And yes, I'm always a few years behind the times and technology. But I know Charles and I aren't just talking. I know this isn't totally innocent. I know it's wrong. Charles, hello, Miss Letterhouse. My students are staring at me. I sit bolt upright. Um, the bell rang, one of them says. Can we go? Thank God I work at a private school. The top one in the Southeast, as a matter of fact, so the kids would teach themselves if I let them, which lately, if I'm being honest, I have been. I've been phoning it in with them since this whole Charles thing started. I drop the phone into my purse. I'm ending this. I stand, smooth my skirt, try to smooth my conscience. I am ending this. Yes, I say. Yes, um, I'll see you tomorrow. And don't forget to do your reading quiz tomorrow. Not that I've even made the quiz yet. And I'm known for making new assessments every year. Assessments that are detailed yet fair, challenging yet intellectually stimulating and designed to foster a love of lifelong learning and... Fuck it. I'll Google something. Three weeks ago, my fingers were slow and clumsy handling this little phone. Now, I use all sorts of emojis and know what they are, and my thumbs fly over the keypad. Why aren't these letters raised? Why would they do that? I'd complained to Tim when he'd given me the phone. It makes no sense, I'd said, and he'd shown me how to use it. Tim had stopped tinkering with whatever he'd been tinkering with to show me how to type on this little phone. I stare out the window, wave to a parent, think about how much I loved him, think about how much I want to know what Charles wants to tell me even more, think about how much I hate myself for wanting to know what Charles wants to tell me. I take my phone out of my purse, I text, can you meet me at Starbucks in two hours? And then I delete it because I know how Sylvie's ass can be. She can't keep a secret to save her life. But because I'm desperate right this second, I start again. Can you meet me at the Starbucks near your restaurant in two hours? Have to talk. Because I do have to talk. And it has to be with someone who won't judge me, Camille. And also with someone who might just high five me, Sabrina. Sylvie's mouth though. She'll talk shit about Camille all damn day, but she still tells her everything. But now the message is sent, and she has been in worse shit than this at least. Another ping from my phone. Sylvie. Yeah, let's meet. You okay? What am I doing? But you haven't even done anything yet, a little voice inside me says. No, I text Sylvie back. Not okay. See you soon. I pace my empty classroom, silently cross-examining that little voice. When you say I haven't done anything yet, I say, why is there a yet? There shouldn't be a yet. You're just talking to him, Jamie, the voice says back to me. Come on, you knew this guy in high school. I didn't know him in high school, I say. I'd had a major crush on him in high school, like everybody else, but I didn't know him. We weren't friends until he sent that friend request on Facebook one day out of the blue a couple of months ago. 
And then a few weeks ago, he'd liked my new profile picture and I'd liked his back and he'd messaged me there. And then he'd said he wanted to text me a picture of his daughter. See how bad this is? He has a daughter and a wife. So, says the voice, nothing will happen. You're both married. He doesn't even live in Atlanta. I know where he lives, I say. He lives in Greenville, South Carolina, only like 90 minutes away. That is not far enough away. Far enough away for what, says the voice. Nothing is going to happen. Maybe you and Tim and he and his wife can even get together sometime. I have to roll my eyes at that thought. Just see what he was going to say, the voice cajoles. Don't just leave him hanging. He's told you stuff he never told anybody else. Stuff about his family, stuff about his job, his insecurities. Stuff, I interrupt. He should be telling his wife. Yes, says the voice, and he will. Y'all talked about him going to her and telling her how he feels about their problems. You are just being a good friend to him. Shut up, I say out loud. Uh, Miss Letterhouse? I whip around. Miss Bix, the high school assistant principal, is in the doorway staring at me with a quizzical half smile. Oh, I exclaim. Shit. Everything okay in here? She says. Everything is great. Just, I pick up the nearest book on the nearest desk. It happens to be Anna Karenina. Just arguing with the character. You know me. What the fuck am I talking about? Ms. Bix nods tentatively. Well, I guess that's what made you Teacher of the Year last year. We both fake laugh. You know our lunch staff meeting is about to start? Oh, I did. I'm, I'm sorry. And I am. I am so sorry that tears spring to my eyes. I look down, shuffle the papers that happened to be on that desk. I'm so sorry. I'm so, so, so sorry. I hold up the papers, smile. My hands shake. I will be right there, I say. Two and a half hours later, after I've completely freaked the fuck out of my car with Sylvie, we sit on one of the Starbucks couches. Sylvie is studying my phone and frowning. Don go ghost one me? She reads slowly. He means don't go ghost on me, I explain. I wish I were one of those women who could keep something like this all the way to herself. A French woman, maybe. In all the foreign films I see, those bitches always seem to know what to do. They wouldn't have complete meltdowns in their vehicles and cry and then laugh hysterically with their best friend. They'd raise a sardonic eyebrow, shrug a little, maybe. The bottom line is, I suck at this. I suck at all of this. Well, says Sylvie, clearly this motherfucker can't spell worth a damn. Who beyond the age of six spells on like one, Jamie? I know, I say, feeling apologetic on Charles's behalf. That's the same thing I said at first, but then I just got used to it. Jamie, it takes work to spell this badly and no punctuation anywhere in sight. Sylvie hands me back my phone. How do you even read this shit? I burst out laughing. See, a French woman wouldn't do that. And I take back my phone. Don't look down on him, I say. 
girl. Sylvie shakes her head and takes a sip of her smoothie. You better be careful. I know, I know, I know. I lean my head back against the sofa, staring at the Starbucks ceiling. It's not peeling anywhere. Good old Starbucks. I just feel like I'm caught up. Well, get yourself uncaught up. I'm telling you, once he starts with the sex talk, it's a wrap. But that's the thing. I sit up and look at Sylvie, suddenly so relieved to be able to talk to somebody about this that I momentarily choked up again. We don't talk about sex. We talk about everything but sex. I feel like he really wants to know me. Oh, he definitely wants to know you and fuck you. Sylvie turns for a moment to set down her cup. He didn't start with the picture liking stuff because he thought you were nice. And he's cute, I'll give you that, but still. I know, I say, trying not to take pride in the fact that Sylvie thinks Charles is cute. Because he is. I'm just saying that it's more than that, I say. Sylvie nods. Well? She looks at me questioningly. What do you want to do? I shake my head. I don't know, I whisper. But Starbucks has its music so goddamn loud I have to say it one more time in my regular voice, which takes away from the drama of the words. I mean, I definitely don't want to hurt Tim. Because Tim is awesome, Sylvie says. I know, I say. I don't tell her that lately the sound of his voice grates on me, on my nerves. I also don't tell her how, when he talks these days, these tiny spit bubbles appear at the corner of his mouth. I don't know when this started happening, but it makes my skin crawl. It irritated me so much yesterday that when he was marveling over how the electric bill is $17 higher this month than last, that I wanted to slap him. I literally wanted to hit him in his face because of those goddamn spit bubbles. But, Sylvie tilts her head, considering, I know you can't not do something you want just so you don't hurt someone. That's not enough motivation. I know, I say, restraining myself from reaching out and grabbing Sylvie's hand. She gets it. I mean, she chews on her lower lip. It's like, you know what you're doing is wrong, or at least that it isn't right, but you want to stop doing it because you really want to, not just because you should. Yes, I say. But at the same time, you don't want to blow up your whole fucking life, Jamie. I know, I know. I mean, you have what everybody else wants. A husband who adores you, a nice house in Candler Park, a good job. I know, I know. I cover my face with my hands. What am I going to do? Well, the good news is nothing has happened yet beyond the texts. Sylvie looks at me. Right, Jamie? Can you stop with all the meaningful glances and pauses and shit? What are you talking about? In the car, you're like, you didn't suck his dick yet, or did you? Nothing else has happened yet, or has it? Sylvie gives me a look. Look, bitch, this is unchartered territory for me, okay? I don't know this new Jamie. Don't say that, I say. Well, I'm just saying. I just want to make sure that I know everything so I can advise you as well as I possibly can. So I am pausing to give you time to... You know, say whatever else you might want to say. Okay, I relent. Because you know I've been down this road. I know. And it does not end well, Jamie. No, I know that, I say. Sylvie smiles at me sympathetically. 
I know it's hard, but just tell him you want to cut off communication from his non-spelling ass. Because <laughs> this nigga cannot spell. Do you know how tasteless it is for you to laugh right now, Sylvie? I'm just saying. I hope he speaks well because his spelling is an abomination. I roll my eyes, but Sylvie and I are snobby about that stuff. Also, she continues, I hope you've been deleting on your phone as you go, both of you. Because you never know, his wife could be crazy. Hell, Tim could be too, for all we know. Tim wouldn't. He, he would not. I look at Sylvie, and Sylvie looks at me. And inexplicably, we both burst out laughing. Girl, Tim might fuck around and axe your ass, Sylvie says. Shut up, I say. Or he might bust out with a Kroger plastic bag in the middle of the night. He'll be looming over you and he'll be curiously calm as he suffocates you. Shut the fuck up, Sylvie. Better yet, no, the bag will be from Piggly Wiggly because you know that motherfucker is cheap as fuck. We explode into giggles so loud that the people around us look up. But I'm clutching my stomach. I'm laughing so hard. Seriously, though, Sylvie says, wiping her eyes minutes later. Do you have a lock on your phone? And what does that mean? I say, tugging at my hair to stretch it back out. I laughed so hard I started sweating. Sylvie shakes her head at my technological ignorance. It's a code so that nobody else can just open your phone. You need to do that ASAP. Okay, I will. No, Jamie, like ASAP, like right now. As a matter of fact, give me your phone. I'll do it. No, no, I'll take care of it. I inhale, exhale. And I'm going to tell Charles that it's done. This is too stressful. Good, says Sylvie. And speaking of good, what, I say. And Sylvie grins, pats her stomach. I gasp. You're kidding, I breathe. Although from Sylvie's fertile ass, a pregnancy from her isn't exactly earth-shatteringly out of the realm of possibility. She shakes her head no, that she's not kidding. You're pregnant, I say, and she nods laughing. By Trey? Yes, bitch, by Trey. She sounds slightly insulted. I'm just asking, I say. I just remember something about some guy at the club when we went out a couple of months ago. Nope, says Sylvie. Definitely Trey's 100%. Wow, so have you told him yet? You are the first, Jamie. Oh, I am. Yes, bitch, you are, but I'm telling him tonight. I had my doctor's appointment earlier today. No wonder you were all, oh, I'm just going to have water at our brunch, I say. And Sylvie giggles. She really does look happy. So how was the appointment today? It was, Sylvie rolls her eyes. I don't know. It was nothing. It was fine. Did they say anything about risks since you had the miscarriages, I ask? Sylvie knows that I know about two of the abortions, but she doesn't know I know about the third one, the one she had when she was still in high school. Camille told me about it once when she and Sylvie were fighting and swore me to secrecy. And this is why I don't tell Camille shit, because her ass can't keep a secret either. The nurse just said I seem great, says Sylvie. Well, that's great. So, I take a sip of my latte. Since I haven't heard any screams yet, I'm assuming you haven't told your cousin. 
Um, no, I told you you were the first, and hell no, I would not tell that bitch first. I am enjoying my happiness before that Grinch can steal it from me. Good idea. I think of something else. Did you check about Trey, though? The whole married thing? Sylvie looks at me. I talked to him, Jamie, she says. And then she looks at me again. Okay, she says. Okay, okay. I can tell she's gearing up to tell me something fucked up, and I groan. But you have to promise me you will not fuss, she says. I'm not going to fuss at you, honey. I just... Jamie, promise. I promise, I say grudgingly. Okay. Okay, so he's married. Sylvie, you promised, she says firmly, with your cheating married ass. Well, this is true. The marriage has just been a shell for years now, like some Bill and Hillary shit. But he's telling her at the end of this month that he wants a divorce. Why does he have to wait until then, I say. He wants to wait until after her birthday. They have some big party planned. And what do you mean they're like Bill and Hillary? I mean, like... Sylvie tries not to look smug. He's just... He's just big in business. He's just really big. I restrain myself from rolling my eyes, from telling her that there will always be a reason for a married man to delay telling his wife, from telling her that she should have learned from the first married man disaster and then from the second, and that Bill and Hillary never divorced and never will. Instead, I put my hand on her stomach and she puts her hand on mine. And I tell her, you can do this, Sylvie. Her eyes fill with tears. You think so? I smile, even though this situation has train wreck written all over it. Of course you can, sweetie. You know we'll all be here for you. My phone beeps. Charles, please let it be Charles. You gonna get that? Sylvie asks. I look down at the phone. No, I say. I will, but only when I'm in the car by myself. Sylvie moves my hand off her stomach. Bitch, yes you are. You ain't fooling nobody, especially me. Okay, I say, reaching for the phone. I was going to, but only to tell him I don't want to talk to him anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm serious, I say, because I am serious. I sneak a peek at the screen. Charles, I want to see you, he's written. Let me see that, Sylvie says, grabbing the phone out of my hand before I can stop her. She reads, then looks at me, shaking her head ruefully. Jamie, is all she says warningly as she hands me back the phone. I'm going to respond and tell him we're not talking anymore, I say as we walk to our cars. I really hope so, says Sylvie. She opens her car door, climbs in, and looks at me. Because I don't want to see you get hurt, or Tim for that matter. Tim is like a brother to me, Jamie. I lean up against my car. I know, I say, and he's helpful with shit around my condo when I'm between men. Please don't fuck that up for me. I roll my eyes. I will do my best, bitch. She sticks out her tongue and I wave as she pulls off. When I get in the car, I stare at my phone, this arbiter of so much bad. My thumbs are primed, poised over the keypad, ready to reply to Charles, to tell him we are finished. Not that we've started anything, but still. I jump when the phone beeps. Tim, where are you? 
Shit, I whisper. On my way back, I text back. And then I add, was with Sylvie at the coffee shop talking. I feel good that I'm telling the truth about that at least. Starbucks, I type, but I delete it. If I'm too specific, I might look like I'm hiding something, which I am, but still. But then Tim texts, take your time, babe. Just checking on you, smiley face. I'll be home around seven. Don't forget, I'm cooking and it's taco night! Exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. In typical Tim style. LOL, okay, I reply, swallowing around the lump in my throat. Tim loves tacos and I am the worst person in the world. I am, but I'm gonna change that right now. And it's better and nicer if we end this thing live, not just via text, this way by phone, he'll hear my voice and really get that we have to end this now because there'll never be a good time for that. And, and I want him to know as directly as possible that I don't wanna blow up my life or his either. So I type, can you talk now? And I'm biting my thumb and I see those glorious little one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three bubbles that mean he's replying to me, that boy from high school whom I'd loved from afar for so long, whom everybody had loved, the star of the football, track, and basketball teams, was voted class clown and most popular and best dressed. I had cried when he'd graduated. How was I gonna get through two more years of high school without being able to see him in the hallways. Not that he'd known I was alive, but now he's texting me. Me, little old Jamie. And then out of nowhere, the phone is ringing and vibrating and so am I. It's him. Slide to answer, the phone orders across the bottom of the screen. So I do. And I raise my phone to my ear and I hear my voice say breathlessly, hello? Oh, Jamie. Mm -mm -mm. Well, thanks so much for listening to episode five of episodes today. So I'm gonna try something different and you can let me know if you like it. And that is to let you hear some of the Real Talk video that um, I've done for this episode right now. Real talk videos are conversations I have with friends of mine about a given week's episodes. These real talk videos will be posted on my YouTube channel. Just search Leslie Quickless on YouTube and it'll come up. This one's a special one because it's the first one I've done with a guy. And that guy is my good friend, Milan Carey. Now you have to understand, Milan is a guy's guy. He is the dude who will be drinking some brown liquor in the back of the club. He's cool. He played football in North Carolina where we both went to school. He's into sports. He's not who you think of as a major episodes fan. But the second he heard the first episode, he was super supportive and encouraging and passed it on to some of his women friends. And he was like, where's the second episode? You can't leave me hanging. So he really helps me get the ball rolling in terms of getting things recorded because he wanted to hear them. So I wanted to do some real talk with him and you can hear a bit of that conversation in a minute. 
But before we get to that, I just want to say that if you are enjoying episodes, you can help me out by doing one or more of the following. One, fourth episode to a friend who would enjoy the series. Two, subscribe to the podcast. And I'd also really appreciate a review on iTunes um, slash Apple Podcasts if that's what you're using to listen. I am now at 17 reviews thus far, and that's moved me up to being the first Leslie that comes up when I search for Leslie in iTunes. And at first, I didn't even come up by my first name at all, and now I am number one, which is something. So I'm aiming for 30 reviews by next Sunday, and even a short one-sentence review makes a difference. So here's that clip of my real talk with Milan Carey. The rest of it is on YouTube. I hope you enjoy it. And I'll be back next week with episode six. Peace. God, what are you enjoying? You know, it's just the realness. The realness and, and really, you know, most men won't agree or say this, but we want to know what y'all are thinking too. You know what I mean? And, you know, to have an episode <laughs> with, um, with you, know. <laughs> you know, four different women perspectives, you know, it gives so many different uh dynamics to the woman's psyche. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Um, so let's start with Jamie texting at work mm-hmm. um, and just kind of like her level of guilt. Mm-hmm. So what did you think about, what did you think about, you know, the episode opening that way? What did you think of her going back and forth with Charles yeah. and then, you know, all of that? You know, it was, it was real. You know, it was it was really kind of understanding. You know, even you know, good women have yeah. have challenges. You know, they have everybody has temptations out here. So it's really it's really cool to see how she was battling that. You know, emotion within herself, yeah. and it, it really shows that you know, no matter how you try to walk, there's something or someone yeah. that's gonna come, kind of interfere, kind of. Um, you know, or see how they can interfere with your setup. Yeah. So yeah. how you yeah. deal with these real life situations is, is, is intriguing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's it's I don't know. I almost feel bad when I write it. You know what I mean? Because it's like, oh, Jamie. Like I I feel her struggle. Like I know she really yeah. doesn't want to have any of these feelings. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and so and yeah, does at the same time. She does what it's I think she does want to have at the same time. Why? Thanks so much for listening to this snippet of episode five's real talk. The rest of this conversation is on YouTube, and I hope you'll take a look. And let me know if you enjoy it. Last, I'm sorry that the sound within the episode was a little uneven. I had to re-record the end of it, so my apologies for that. And Milan and I were in a coffee shop, so there was a little bit of background noise, but I hope you enjoyed that bit of our conversation and want to hear more. And with that, I'll see y'all next week. Take it away, Arden. If you want more info from my mommy, please visit LeslieQuickless.com. Deuces!